Hello and welcome to Ready and Newman's daily podcast, your go-to place for common questions about immigration to the United States. Ready and Newman is a team of experienced business immigration attorneys who handle a host of visa categories and complex immigration cases. This podcast will provide an insight into our daily free conference calls hosted by our attorneys, as well as discussions on hot immigration topics. Please note that information provided is not to be construed as legal advice for your specific situation and does not constitute an engagement with Ready and Newman PC or establish an attorney-client relationship. For specific advice on your situation, please contact an attorney. Here's your host. Sorry before the delay, guys. This is Rahul Reddy. Today is April 20th, 2021. The time is about 11.30 a.m. Reddy and MPC does conduct Zoom conferences every single day. For those people who are in the Zoom conference, you can raise your hand in the Zoom so that we can announce your name um, to ask your question. Tuhina? Hi. Um, hi, Rahul. Um, I am on an H4 and I work on an H4 EAD. My EAD... Um, expires in September 2021. And uh, I traveled to India last month. I got my H4 stamped. Uh, it's still August 2023. Now, uh, my spouse is uh, transferring his company from the current one to his older company, which has his I-140. Um, mm-hmm. So they filed his transfer and filed my H4, um, my H4 EAD extension, uh, together in one package and Mm -hmm. his um, H1 came approved like last week. So Mm -hmm. I'm just, uh, but then when, when we filed my H4 EAD, they just used his current H1, like the company that he is right now um, and not the one which he was filing the transfer for. So I'm just trying to understand if, um, if USAIS will raise like an RFE saying that the, H1 that the the H1 information that was given, he that might be you know revoked by the time they actually process um, it. But when is your H4 expiring though? It's 2023. I traveled outside and I, I got, got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. You got the stamp. Okay. Um, I am not expecting problem for you though. I'm not expecting problem for you. Normally, if mm-hmm. you have just filed previous. H4 plus EAD though, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would have recommended, I would have recommended that you file one more H4 plus EAD with the current company though. Okay. But since you already got the stamping on the H4 until 2023, mm-hmm. I have never seen any denials or RFPs for the people like you. I have never seen it. But won't they like the, look back on my husband's H1 and right, think that oh, right, this is right, revoked now? Right, right. There is, I'm not telling that there is no chance, none whatsoever at all. I didn't say right. that. Yeah. What I said is that I have not experienced it. I've not experienced so, it. So would the USCIS people, do, do they connect the dots that this all came in one package, like his transfer, my EAD that came in like one package and does the same officer usually would process it or you just need to be in legal status to file for the H4 EAD. 
So right. in the circumstances, what you're telling, I have not seen it. I have not seen it. That doesn't mean that they cannot issue it. If you want to be on a safer side, you can yeah. do one thing. You can file one more EAD if you want to. That's what, yeah, I wanted to see. And so do, does, like, does it show just because, just, just because you have two EADs does not mean that they're going to deny both the things. You can file both the things. 99% of the time, your first one should be approved according to me. Okay. okay. There's 1% chance. I want you to file another EAD if you don't want to take that chance. Okay. And so the last package went to the Texas service center. Do you think that that's the one that they are going to process or are they going to send the EAD to another, another center? Uh, whatever processing center where it is right now, it should be generally processed there. There are okay. very rare circumstances because of the busy they keep sending to one to another. There's always a chance. But right now, if you want to be safe, go for the second EAD. Absolutely, you're not doing, going to do anything illegal if you file a second EAD application. Let's go to the okay. next caller, please. Thank you. Amol? Amol Mithil? Amol. Hello. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Hi, Rahul. So uh, I have my uh, current priority date from my old employer of November 2017. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I, I lost you. I can't hear you. Gayatri, can you hear him? No. No, Rahul. He has muted himself again. Oh, okay. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Yes, better. Yeah, so I had my uh, priority date from my previous employer of November 2017. And then I changed job jobs in January 2020 last year. And my perm was applied by the new employer. And I just got last week my perm approved. So now I have the option of applying the I-140 through EB-2 or EB-3. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, So based on the current situation... And uh, if I, I have to choose one option of whether applying I-140 through EB-2 or EB-3, my current priority date from the old uh, is uh, November 2017. So, so what should uh, I choose? It's going to be tough. I can't tell you that. Yeah. I am as good as you are in this one. I would do one thing. Pick a coin, flip it up. Heads yeah. EB-2, tails EB-3. Go for it. I can't tell yeah. it. Believe me, the coin will be much better. Okay. So, and is there an option you can apply for both also, EB2 and you EB3? Can, you can apply for both. Yes, your company can apply for both. Absolutely, they can. Nothing okay. illegal about it. You can apply for both. Okay. You can do one because thing. my current apply. lawyer is suggesting that you are an EB2 category, so better to apply for EB2. Yeah. I am not going to say to you that he's oh. wrong. Okay. I'm not okay. telling he's wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling he's wrong. Okay. Okay. So it, uh, uh, and we can apply for both also. There is no problem in doing that. Yeah. They can apply for both too. Yes. And, and there is no chances of denial if you apply in both categories. No, no, sir. No, no, absolutely not. Just because you applied in both, you won't have any chance of denial because of that. Let's go to the next caller, guys. Okay. Thank you. Saurav Mehta. Hi. This is Gaurav. Um, so I have, um, here's my situation. Um, I'm on H4 EAD. Um, I'm selected for lottery in this year. 
my employer is going to file the I-129 petition. Uh, but I'm planning to go to India after my, uh, you know, H-1 gets approved. Uh, but I want to stay in H-4EAD due to the flexibility of it. But I still want mm-hmm. to keep that H-1 for the future. So if I go mm-hmm. to India, get my H-4 stamped, will I still have an option to go to H-1 in future? Like in case my spouse gets laid off or something and I have to move to H-1? You're on right now on H-1 visa, right? I'm on H-4EAD right now. So how, how you got the H-1 approval right now? I, I'm confused right now. I, I got the H-1 selected in the lottery this year. Okay. So not- when are you, so, um, are you planning to apply for change of status or consular processing of H-1B? Uh, so right now it will be like change of status if I'm in US. So, mm-hmm. and, but after that, I'm planning to go to India. After when? Is it after October 1st or before October 1st? Is it after the H1 approval or before October, uh, before the after H1 the approval? H1, after the H1 approval, but before October 1st. After the H1B approval and before the October 1st. Right. If that's the case, you are technically not counter toward the H1B. You cannot move back to H1B whenever you want to. Okay. Because so, your H1B is active only on October 1st. Not okay. before October 1st. I would recommend that you go to stamping after October 1st, not before October 1st. Okay. If I go to stamping after October 1st, then I can still come back on H4 after getting it stamped and then that H1 is still yeah. valid. That H1 is not valid, but you can activate H1B at any point of time by mo- filing a change of status again without going to subject cap. Got it. Yeah. That was my question. Yeah. I you. want you to make note very clearly. If your H1 is not stamped in the passport, if you don't have a valid identity for of the H1B, you are not counted toward the H1B number. So first you have to get the H1B approval and you have to stay at least one day in United States on H1B before you go again and get the stamping of the H4. Okay. Okay. Got it. Thank you. Next person, please. Upender. Upender. Hello. Yes, go ahead. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yeah. So uh, I have to get my H1B stamped, and this is my first time H1B. And then I have scheduled interview on April 29th and 27th, but because of the cases in India, I wanted to cancel the trip. Can I go to Canada or Mexico in future for the stamping purpose? Yes, you can. This is my first time. Yeah, you can. I mean, they are, if they allow you to go, third country nationals are most of the time allowed in the U.S. consulates in Mexico and U.S. consulates in Canada, though. Yeah. Just because you cancel the appointment doesn't mean that you are debarred. No, you're fine. Yeah, uh, I have a follow-up question. Uh, I know, like, there's this uh, thing called, like, 31 days grace period to Mexico and Canada where you can travel and then come back without a valid visa stamp but a valid identity for? It is not 31 days. It's under 30 days. Oh, it's under 30 days. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Perfect, perfect. Yeah. And uh, one last question is like... That under 30 days is not applicable 
if you're going for stamping. So let's say, for example, you go for the H-1B stamping, you get the 221G or something like that. You cannot come back with using that 30-day rule. Ah, okay. Okay. That's okay. only applicable if you are going for a vacation, spending your time there. There are a lot of times that we use this automatic revalidation, um, but this is not the time. Uh, this is not, if you go for stamping, that's not applicable for you at all. Okay. 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 So, and how do we tell them that if you're going for vacation or if you're going for stamping? Well, they will, how do we communicate if you go with for, you? If you go for, if you go for stamping, they'll stamp you on the passport that you are a 221G. So that, that will be very clear to them. And you're not eligible. You should not try to come back into the United States. That will be trying to enter unlawfully into the United States. You will be punished severely if you do so. Okay. If you go for Cancun and spend, have a nice margarita and come back, you're fine. Next caller, please. Thank you so much. Charvi. Uh, hi, Rahul Garak, Good afternoon. Uh, I have a question. I, can you hear me, sir? Yes, I can. Yeah, I work for a company right now. I have a I-140 with them, priority date 2015 July. Uh, I've been trying mm-hmm. for a job change. Uh, I got a job. They, my H-1B has been uh, changed, approved, uh, transfer of the company. And my mm-hmm. wife's uh, biometric also came for H-4. Uh, appointment is on April 30th. I will be mm-hmm. joining them like maybe next week. Uh, now I'm thinking to stay back with the current company because uh, the dates will be moving and all. My question is like, since uh, my wife got H4 biometric for the other company, let's say they, she went, she go ahead and then uh, give biometrics. Uh, what happens to her H4 EAD? Will she'll, she'll still get it. Uh, if she get it, is it a valid thing to use it? Uh, when is, when is your H, when is your current company's H1B expiring? Uh, my current H1B is valid until the, uh, December 31st, sir. Of 2021. 21, yeah. This year end. I'm as, assuming that her H4 and EAD is also valid until December 31st of 2021. Yeah, yeah. Same, same okay. as mine. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. If she gets the H4 and EAD, it is valid as long as you file an extension before 31st of 2021 for yourself. You have to maintain the legal status in United States for her to be an H4 and EAD. So if the H4 and EAD comes in, she can continue using it. Yeah, however, say, though, my employer. Sorry, yeah. However, though, as a defense, though, if you stick with the company, I still want you to file one more H4 plus EAD through the current company. Okay. If my employer may do it towards the end of it, uh, in case the the new employer, right, the H4, uh, what happens if that uh, H4 processing time comes, like or H4 EAD processing time? Uh, I'm, I'm as not I said to you. Them. I said, they, there is a good chance that they may approve it. There is a chance that they may deny it. So I, I want you to leave it as it is. Don't withdraw it and file one more H4 facility. And if it's okay. approved, use okay. it. So even if I don't join them, I can still use it for H4 She She can use it because H4 is given to her, not to her, your company. So she can use it. Let's go to the next caller, please. Thank you. Sanjeev. Yes, hi. Thanks, Reddy, for taking my question. Um, so my question is, uh, I have this, uh, you know, because of this October um, change in the priority date uh, or change in the date in the visa bulletin, I got, I changed my EB2 to EB3 and got my 
I-485, uh, like uh, expanding, I just did my fingerprinting on that. So my question is, uh, I was listening to your uh, last Tuesday call and you guys were tell- talking about, um, can you hear me? I can. Sanjeev, yeah. I'm following. I, I, you, yes, filed, you, guys, you filed, you guys, you, you filed downgrade, you did the biometrics. Yes, okay. uh, yes, right. So what you guys were talking about that, uh, this year there will be more visa available and the EB2 priority date may go faster, uh, compared to EB3 may. because most of the visa from EB1 will fall into EB2 and from the family base will fall into EB2. So there's a possibility. Right. So in that situation, yeah. should I file another EB2 uh, through my employer? Oh, wait, 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 wait. You, 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 you downgraded from EB2 to EB3. No, no, no. Actually, I did not. I did not. Actually, my labor certification was processed based on EB2, but later on, because of all this, my, my lawyer told me to, to, to do it, uh, to apply for I4, I140. So, so wait, wait, EB3. wait, 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 wait. So when was the palm labor approved for you? November this year, last, uh, November last year. So you filed 485 I-140 in November of 2020s, right? Right. You don't have to file one more labor certification though. You can file one more I-140 using the same labor certification because you told me that your lawyer designed the labor for EB2. Right. Am I correct? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's up to you. If you want to file one more I-140 and keep it ready for you, there's nothing wrong with it. I would do, probably. So the question I have, like, uh, would you apply another I-140 under premium processing or has to go to the regular processing? Uh, I would definitely not apply in premium processing. I will apply in the regular processing, then try to convert into premium processing if I'm doing it. Why is that? Typically, what happens is that when they see that the labor certification has expired, though, and the original labor certification is not there, or if they see that there is another I-140 file previously using the same labor certification, they may reject the entire application, though. So instead of rejecting the entire application, I want them to accept the application with the regular processing, then convert into premium processing. But it can be converted into under premium processing. There's no problem with that. I would say there are some hiccups, but yeah, generally 90% of the time we we had no problem in converting into premium processing. Yeah, there are 10% of the time we have to refile, 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 refile. I would say about 30% of the time we have to refile, refile, refile. But we're getting a, we're getting them accepted eventually. I have another question just based on this that. Um, what happened to I-485 in that case, uh, if your EB-2 date gets, uh, becomes, uh, the priority date becomes current? If you have an I-140 approval, both I-140s are approved though. Yeah, you can do something called interfiling mm-hmm. to move to EB-2. So you send an application to them, not application, I-140 approval to them. Hey, buddy, use my EB-2. So it's it's commonly used a lot of times when we move, upgrade, or downgrade the people. It's used. You can do interfiling. Okay. Okay. One more question. I'm sorry. Just one third question. That let's yeah, say me I, and my wife, me and my wife, we both we both applied under I140. She she applied 1485 through me. But if she gets I140 approved, uh, and can that I485 be interfiled? 
through her too for me. I'm confused. Did you file another 485 through your wife? No, no, no. I did not. I filed 485. Me and my wife we both filed under me through me. Uh, so, so, so you mean to say your wife gets an I-140 approval? Can she interfile into this one? Yes. Ah, no, no, I no. would not do. No, no, no. Yeah. My wife, let's say my wife uh, gets uh, I-40 approved, and I want to. Uh, both of us want to move our I-485 to under her I-140. Would you like to file one more 485 or do you want to use the existing 485? I want to use the existing 485. No, you cannot. She didn't have the I-140 approval at that point of time and she filed it. The employer did not sign any of the documents needed when they filed the 485 application. So you have to file a fresh 485 application if you want to move. Let's go to the next caller and I will limit the call. Callers, only two questions, guys, not three. Thank you. Thank you for taking my call. Appreciate it. Sai Sharat. Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Hi, Mr. Rahal. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I'm a dentist. I initially moved to U.S. with F1 uh, since in 2016. I'm currently on H1B, uh, which was approved through nonprofit, and uh, it expires in February 2022. Now I intend to, my question to you is like now I intend to go back to F1 visa, uh, because I already got accepted into down school, uh, and offered, uh, what, and I was offered what, I-20. What school? What school? Uh, Case Western Reserve University. In, in what's Ohio, the purpose? What, an, what's the purpose why you're going to that university? It's an internship for one year. Uh, and then after, in, after that internship, I intend to do last two years of down school again. So, my so, so question... first, first, first is, do you know that if you are working for a nonprofit higher education institution, you can also on the side work for a dental company on for-profit university without going to the lottery? Are you aware of it? No, I'm not aware of it. Let me explain you what the law is. Let's say if you're working for a university, let's say University of Texas, you know that you're not subject to cap is right. Mm-hmm. That's how you got it right now. So yes. on the side, if there is a dental clinic that want you to work. So you, if you maintain the full-time job with the university of Texas, you can have another side job with this dentist organization without subject to cap. They can file a H1B and you can concurrently work for two companies. Are you aware of it? No, sir. Not, I'm not aware of it. And I've never been told about it. Okay. Now you saw, you see, you may want to have a consultation with the lawyer though, because that's one thing that you need to understand. A lot of people don't understand that if you work for a nonprofit organization, you can moonlight, you know, the word moonlight in your dentist. Yes. Right. Yes. I do. You can moonlight, you can moonlight to any different companies and they can file something called concrete H1B and you can start moonlighting. That's but, one thing is that you need to understand. Second thing is that if you want to change from H1, to F1 though, if you want to go to this organization though, um, F1 is taking approximately around 12 months. I mean, you may, and in the meantime, you cannot do any internships. Okay. The better way may be for you to go outside the country and get the, uh, get the stamping done to join this university. 
Uh, okay, that that was my question actually. Uh, thank you for answering. But um, they gave me two options: I either leave US and re-enter with F one stamp, or if I choose to do yeah. the country status. There are if, there are there are some minus points. What if they don't issue the F one? You're stuck up. You're out. Right. And okay. and my my parents are over here, so I don't want to stuck when I go to visa stamp uh, in India. So. I'm just kind of confused. So I just want yeah, your, uh, yeah. You you may want to evaluate your options better. Uh, may may want to have a consultation to evaluate all your options better. Okay, let's okay. go to the next caller, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, uh, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. So my question is, um, so there were some mistakes which were, so I, I filed for a downgrade petition back in October and there were some mistakes on my 485 application. And, um, I was asking my attorney to, you know, be uh, proactive and correct them. And my attorney is suggesting to wait for the RFE because I did not submit any medicals. What kind of, what kind of, uh, corrections are there? Can you hear me? What kind of yeah, corrections are there? Uh, like wrong date of birth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would, I would send the interfiling just to correct it because wrong date of birth is definitely something. I would just file an interfiling. That's one thing you can do. The other thing is that you can raise a service request requesting the correction of the date of birth to online. I would do that. But if your lawyer is not doing it, you can do it by yourself too. What I told you right now. You can raise a service request saying that there's a clerical error in your application and here is a data birth. And you can point out all the things though. But if there are little, little things, I would not. But the data birth thing, I would correct it. Okay. Okay. Um, Next. Go ahead. Okay. Thank you. Next person, please. Next. Next person, please. I can't hear you, Gayatri. Prashant Ji. Oh, hi. Thank you, Rahul Ji. Uh, so my priority date is in uh, AB2 2012, August. I left the company in 2014. And mm-hmm. I joined a company B, and uh, they never filed my GC. I moved to my old employer recently, last month. But I mm-hmm. started my uh, just to, I, I bought an insurance for myself in the sense that I also started my prevailing wage determination for the EB3. Now I did so because uh, I'm not sure how the EB3 downgrade so wait, will wait, go. Wait, 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 you, you, you got an EB2 with company A. You are working with, you were working with company B. You moved to company A. Who is getting the prevailing wage for right now? Company B or company A that you're working or currently working right now? Okay, so company A uh, filed my EB2 2012 August, and I moved to company B. I never started my green card with them. I moved to company A again in April, mm-hmm. and I think. also started my uh, uh, prevailing wage determination with company A uh, two months before that. Okay. Why? Why? Uh, okay, yeah, I'm coming to that. So uh, my problem is I, I'm worried because my company is a small company. And if I try to downgrade into EB3, mm-hmm. there is a gap of six years and the ability I got to pay clause smart, cannot be smart, met. Smart, smart guy. Okay. Got the point. Okay. 
All right. So now uh, I'm waiting. Uh, if EB3, if EB2 becomes current for me, I'll file it. I'm good. But uh, what if we do a downgrade? Since I'm in right now, I'm I want the payroll. To, I got the point. I want to. No, you're right. You got the point of that six years that you did not work. You have to prove the ability to pay. I would like to evaluate the income tax returns of the company and all other requirements before I even file a downgrade application for you. And that cannot be done in the month of September or October. I would want to get the evaluation done right now. Okay. And so the proper have... lawyer for that would be the company's lawyer would be the proper lawyer. He would, he would have access to all the information. If you come to me, I, I won't have any access to that. I need the income tax returns of the company. I need to know how many other I-140s the company has been filed. Okay, so I did that kind of an analysis with another lawyer, other lawyers. Some lawyer says that your clock stops uh, when you first filed your I-140. And if you move back, you have a good chance. If you file a new one, they won't look at, you know, all the no, missing years. No, that, that is not right. They will look into the ability to pay from the time you file the labor certification, not I-140, from the time you to the current time when you file the I-140 approval. Okay. I completely disagree with that lawyer. All right. Okay. My second question is, so I think my downgrade is not an option for me. I'll wait for my EB3 normal processing to go in case if I have to file. Now, my next follow-up question is, I will be very quick. My company is uh, churning like under under million. They have like five, six employees. Now, uh, if I have to file an adjustment of status, say, uh, coming uh, months in September or October, uh, does the USCIS uh, looks into the revenue uh, of the uh, of the company? As, lo- as as long as as long as you're making the money, what is there in the prevailing wage? It doesn't matter what the revenue is, even if they are making a loss, that's you're fine. I would do one thing. I mean, there is a good chance that the EB two will be current. I will file the EB two application and move out of the company after 180 days. But yeah. Um, if you are making the money, what the prevailing wage is, even if the company is not making that much profit, you're in good shape. All right. And it, it doesn't matter. Uh, the last six years, I was not working with them in no, the EB2 no. AOS. Only from the time you file the labor certification is the prevailing wage determined. Since you're filing a fresh labor certification here, it will be from the time the labor certification has been filed. If no, you no, no, were sir. to file the no. downgrade application, they will count from the time of 2012 to right now. I, I got that point. But my point for the AOS is for my EB2. So if EB2 becomes current for me and if I find normally, AOS, normally 99% of the time though, 99 point even higher points. Okay. I don't give more than that. 99% of the time they don't check the ability to pay in the EB2 scenario for you in the AOS stage. Okay. That is absolutely right. For it, first stage, they don't. Okay. Next caller, please. Divya. Divya. Yeah. And, and the last caller. Uh, hi, Two. Thanks for yes, taking Divya, my question. Sure. Uh, actually, my H1B maxed out in Jan seventh, twenty twenty one this year, and mm-hmm. uh, before it get maxed out, I filed change of status to F one and change of status to B2 as the bridge application in December Uh 2020. So Mm -hmm. one month before the max out. And Mm -hmm. uh, those two applications are still pending. But Mm -hmm. now my 140 got approved and my Mm -hmm. employer is thinking to file H1B extension now. Mm -hmm. 
so what I mean what may happen now <laughs> they 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 can apply for a change of status to b1 to h1b instead of pointing out f1 completely um there is a good chance that you will have to go outside the country to get the h1b stamping because the officer will say hey b1 is not approved i'm not to approve the h1b you can request hey approve the b1 and h1 at the same time they may not be willing to do it normally they do it for h4 but for b1 they normally b1 or b2 they normally don't so you can try if it fails it automatically goes to the consular processing and then you'll have to go outside the country to get the stamping so right now because there is no appointments and if i go out this gap is considered as illegal stay because this cos will get invalidated no no four months after, i stayed here no that's right right after you leave the country after you leave the country that that's when you abandon the status not before you leave the country so let's say you left the country in july 1st though okay it's okay. after july 1st you're not in legal status well after july 1st you don't have to be in legal status because you're not in the country so okay, okay. just because from december to july will it be counted as unlawful now it is called period of authorized stay you're good okay cool so yeah Uh, that is the only chance i mean there is any chance i get approval there is no chance only there is a chance there is always a chance but you know you're a, you're a beggar you're not a chooser there's nothing you can do right now yeah, so you have to take with, the chance and then without uh, uh, i mean filing premium it cannot be done right i need to file premium this one because normal you have to file premium and if you file regular it's going to take one year for you to get the h1b approval why would you not do it you should file premium the, processing and in this scenario so, i cannot work on pending application right no you cannot no you okay, cannot yeah. thank you Thanks. guys for coming the next one would be tomorrow at 4:30 don't forget that we do have a youtube and facebook live at 5 pm central time we took we take live questions for one hour uh, on tuesdays every tuesday at 5 to 5 to 6 pm central time Thank you for listening to Ready and Newman Daily Podcast. We sincerely hope that you've taken something valuable out of it. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. For more information or if you want to make an appointment, check out our websites: rnlawgroup.com and immigrationgirl.com. Have an awesome day. Thank you for listening to Ready and Newman Daily Podcast. We sincerely hope that you've taken something valuable out of it. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. For more information or if you want to make an appointment, check out our websites: rnlawgroup.com and immigrationgirl.com. Have an awesome day.